Hey everyone, this is Laz Jackson of Detroit Bad Boys, and on this week's podcast, we have DBB's own Ryan Provato on to recap the Pistons' summer league performance. Ryan and I talk about Henry Ellenson's disappointing shooting performance, Bruce Brown's long-term position, and some of the non-draftees that stood out to us in Las Vegas. As always, we appreciate your continued support of the podcast. The best way to do that is to share, like, and leave comments. Please leave comments on the post on Detroit Bad Boys. It's the best way for us to build the podcast according to what you guys are looking for. In order to do that, though, you have to follow DetroitBadBoys.com, which you should be, because it's the best place on the internet for Pistons news and analysis this season. With all that said, it's time to go to work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson. Uh, I am not joined today by my usual co-host, Ben Gulker. Ben is having a great time on the beach somewhere. Uh, instead, today I am joined by Detroit Bad Boys' own Ryan Provato. Ryan, how are you? Pretty good. Thanks a lot, Laz, for having me on. Yeah, no, no problem. And the reason I wanted to have you on in, in particular is because you're uh, kind of a nerd about some of the summer league guys and uh, you pay a lot closer attention to some of this to a lot of this stuff than than most of the guys at the site do so i figured you were the best person to call about uh about summer league you ready to get started yeah oh yeah i'm ready all right so i think the biggest and most glaring takeaway from summer league was that uh, it was a disappointment for henry ellinson uh, 30 year players don't normally play summer league and when they do they're expected to show out uh, Henry didn't necessarily do that. He uh, he shot the ball poorly, especially from three. And uh, I think more disappointingly, he didn't look like he had made strides defensively. Uh, guys like you would expect guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Wendell Carter Jr. to uh, to give him trouble, but he was having trouble against the likes of like Christian Wood, who is a uh, like a quadruple A NBA player, if you if you know what I mean. So. If you're looking at uh, Henry not shooting the ball well and you're looking at him struggling against perimeter-orientated bigs, uh, which one of those things concerns you more in the long term? Well, I think uh, Henry will never be a very good defensive player. I don't think I'm, a, I don't think I'm alone in that thinking either. Um, but, um, yeah, the inability to uh, consistently hit shots from anywhere really is, uh, is very concerning. Um sure most of us think that way as well you know i think going into the summer we thought of henry as being a guy who can and he might still be able to but being a guy who can hit shots from all over i mean he's got a pretty good handle he's uh somewhat athletic um he you know he's got length and uh, he can shoot the ball from outside but really you know with besides that one game the last game i think um well one of the games i didn't watch every game but i watched most of them but one of the games he was pretty efficient but um, he just, you know, not. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he showed it. He didn't really seem like he showed any improvement. But it just could have been the shot making. Maybe if you play that tournament, uh, let's say start it tomorrow and it's another four or five games. Maybe he's he he does really 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 well. Uh, we we don't know. Um, I you know I feel like he has a lot to prove now in training camp. Uh, if he has a really bad training camp and plays 
very poorly in summer. Uh, I mean, in preseason games, uh, the writing could be on the wall that he's going to be, uh, well, he probably won't be waived because of the money issues, but he'll be, you know, kind of relegated to uh, Grand Rapids drive ball uh, in the Grand Rapids. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's very concerning, but uh, I wouldn't um, say it's the end of the world for him. I think he's what, he's 21 still. Um, you know, he did show, you know, he, he improved his handle. Uh, he showed it some, you know, some nice moves around the basket and the lane, some up and unders and stuff. He just didn't convert. Um, so that's really what it comes down to. So if you're, if you're more concerned about the offense, does the knowledge that he was working, uh, on a new shot form, uh, with the coaching staff and maybe that, uh, and having that offer like a reason why maybe the shots going, weren't going in, does that, does that help, uh, like make you feel any better at all? Because if you looked at his shot form towards the end of the year, he was, his, his, uh, his guide hand is like sitting directly on top of the ball when uh, it leaves his hands and like, that's not great. And so I know uh, I noticed definitely like, especially on his free throws, you can see like he's really working on putting his guide hand like more on the side. And so, um, you know, does that make you feel any better about uh, maybe he'll shoot better come training camp or even come preseason? It does. It does make me feel like there's that he can make improvement. Um, so yeah, I think he'll probably work on that in the next couple of months. And then let's see in late September or early October when training camp really gets into high gear, he'll, you know, I'm sure he'll be more comfortable. He'll be more confident. I'm sure he'll be playing in addition to his normal workouts, he'll be playing games five on five throughout the summer and, and early fall and till training camp. And he'll have some really good games and he'll have confidence. And I'm sure his meetings with Kevin Garnett <laughs> um, <laughs> might help a little bit in terms of just psyching him out and kind of, I, I don't mean psyching him out. I mean, kind of building up his confidence and kind of, you know, feel really listens to Garnett. Uh, and hopefully Garnett has some constructive things to say. Uh, I'm sure he does. He is a hall of famer after all, but um, I'm sure, you know, Henry will be in the right place mentally. And uh, yeah, like you said, his sh- shot is a little bit nicer, cleaner looking. And that helps. I think um, Henry's not a guy who's seemingly, real strong in the upper body, but he's gotten stronger since, you know, he was drafted, but he, he needs to have as clean a shot as possible to get it off quickly. Um, it looks like in summer league, it still takes about 10 seconds for him to shoot the ball. Um, he has a lot of different hitches there just in his midsection all the way up to, you know, him shooting just kind of seems like he has to, it's kind of like the Jim, Jim Furyk golf swing almost. I don't, you know, I don't know if many of our listeners follow golf, but um, it's kind of got a weird hitch in that. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, Laz, I think, um, I think knowing that he's kind of tweaking the shot, gives me, gives me pause to kind of be too negative on him. But, um, but even then, uh, being that his defense was so poor and didn't really show much improvement, at least from the eye test, I don't know what the advanced stats say in summer league. I don't know if anybody pays attention to that, but, uh, uh, you know, I can see why, coming into the season, a lot of Pistons fans are worried that, oh, shoot, you know, besides Drummond and Blake and maybe Lore, there's really nobody else over 6'8 on the roster who's any good. So um, we'll see if that changes. But Yeah. I know that um, I'm all, I was also a little bit 
intrigued by some of the ways that they were using Henry early on and some of the ways they decided to use him later. Um, early on, it seemed like they were using him uh, offensively, at least in ways that were more applicable to how he'll be playing with the pro team. Uh, a lot of uh, open spot up shots, um, bringing the ball up the court a little bit, but uh, not really asking him to like make plays in transition or anything and uh, kind of playing him some at center but uh, not exclusively there. Um, and then after a couple games where his shot wasn't falling, uh, they decided to uh, be a little bit more flexible in his offensive use. They decided to like get him uh, posted in like the mid post against mismatches on switches. I thought like that was good for him. Uh, he started making like some mid range shots. And so I'm, um, but I, I wonder if, if that's the, if that's the best way to, for him to be uh, useful offensively kind of as like a, a guy who punishes switches and a guy who uh, is a better shooter from like 15 to 18 feet than from three. I, I wonder how useful of an NBA player, like he can actually be if, uh, if he's not like knocking down threes in the, in the flow of an offense, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, he just might be kind of one of those guys you put out there for four or five minutes. If he's not hitting them, yeah, you go back to you either go to another option or you go back to your starters. Um, you know, yeah, if he's not hitting his threes, I don't know how much value he has because he's not a playmaker. Um, at least not doesn't show any propensity for that. Um, and I see, and I think I wrote an article or in a comment or somewhere, uh, probably several times the last week or two during summer league, that on his threes he's always short. The the eight out of ten times when he misses, which is often he, you know, front rims side side front rim or whatever um it's just like you know i don't i don't remember that in years past i mean i remember um you know he he's at least getting it there but it seems like now maybe it's because it's, it's, he's working on a shot and it's he's just not comfortable with it and he's just front front rim and everything but um it's kind of a pause for concern there um you know i, I don't know i don't know i don't i haven't paid enough close attention close enough attention to whether he's right up at the three-point line or he's maybe he's being a little bit lax and kind of shooting it a little too deep, depending on where the defense is playing him. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, maybe he's just got to practice that shot from maybe, you know, six, 10 inches out and get that shot flowing instead, you know, instead of just kind of shooting it right at the line. Um, you know, in the NBA, most three-point shooters are shooting it far beyond the line just because the way the defense is and, you know, most players have the skill set to stretch out defenses. I mean, yeah, and that's the hope for him is that he becomes one of those guys who who bends a defense in that manner, in a, in, in in like a Ryan Anderson way, or in like a way that uh, Anthony Tolliver was working on towards the end of the season. And that'll and if he is a decent, you know, thirty five, thirty six percent three point shooter, and he proves it throughout, you know, year or two, I mean, season or two, then that opens up the drive for him um, to use pump fakes or his, you know, he's not he's not. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's a very athletic guy, but I wouldn't say he's super slow either. I mean, he can use the dribble to get around guys. So if he can sh- prove that he can hit that shot, that opens up a lot for him. And like you said, he's he seems to be fairly consistent with a 15-18 footer, um, no matter if he's falling away or if he's just a straight-up shot. So I think all the key to his game is his three-point shot, and then, then there's a lot of potential for him to be a, a good uh, score off the bench. I don't know if he'll ever be a starter just because uh, – you know, his foot speed isn't great. I don't think his instincts on defense are great. But we have to remind ourselves, he is—he would be going into a senior year, right, at Marquette. So he's still a baby. He's still a young guy. 
I'm sure he's picking up stuff all the time and he's got to just be patient and put it all together. And I'm sure having a new coaching staff will help kind of clear some things up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a big year for him, of course. Um, and you know, he has a, it's a prime opportunity for him to, to become an NBA player and be in a rotation. I mean, I mean, Pistons, they need bodies off the bench who are alive and can walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, and I think he's capable. Um, and I like the kid <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think he's still got a lot of potential. I see, see him things do, see him do things on the court for a six ten six eleven guy that are pretty, pretty impressive, you know, being that he has some handles and, and he has a good, uh, instinct for offense, but just gotta hit, hit, hit shots. It's as simple as that. Was. <laughs> it, it is crazy how, how much of his game, uh, gets papered over if some of those three pointers get, go in versus, uh, versus yeah. not going in. But, uh, so moving on from Henry, Another guy that really uh, stood out for all the right reasons in summer league was Bruce Brown. Uh, he was he was a he was productive, a uh, lot of points, a lot of rebounds, a decent number of assists and steals, but he wasn't necessarily super efficient. Uh, good score around the basket, but didn't nearly get there enough. And the three point shot is kind of still coming along for him. Um, but as a guy who you take at forty two. And, and didn't really expect to show uh, lead ball handler capabilities um, due to a bunch of injuries, due to the injuries to Larry Drew, the second, and uh, Luke Kennard, who they also wanted to play some point guard, and uh, Keenan Evans, the guy that signed on a two-way, who they expected to play in summer league. He was asked to kind of take on a lot of ball handling duties, and uh, he looked he looked pretty good doing it. He looked like he was comfortable uh, playing with the ball in his hands. Um He's also like a pretty good rebounder for uh, for a guard, uh, especially if he's going to be playing point guard. Um, so I guess Ryan, when you were when you had your expectations like for what was going to come out of summer league for the Pistons, uh, did you expect that level of production from Bruce Brown, or like what were your expectations for him, and did he did he exceed them or not? I think he exceeded them a little bit. Um, I kind of knew a fair amount about his game. I didn't watch a lot of Miami Florida games, but. Um, when I and but when I did watch those couple of those games during last season, I mostly focused on Lonnie Walker, just because he was the prize freshman and he had big hair and that was kind of stood out to me. Um, and his game is a little more flashy than Bruce. Um, and and a couple of the games I tuned into maybe uh, later on in the year, I think Bruce Brown was injured, um, so we didn't even get to see him play. But um, yeah, reading about him and seeing some of his clips and knowing a little about him. I knew that he was kind of a could do everything fairly well, but nothing really well. I mean, he's I think he is a really good rebounder. He's got great athleticism, long arms, good nose for the ball. Um, he's a high IQ player. Um, he seems to be in the right place at the right time most often. Um, you know, his jump shot doesn't really, in my opinion, doesn't look bad. Um, it's not like there's anything horrible with it. it. Just he just needs more reps and maybe tweak it here and there. Um, get used to the three-point line, um, you know, but I don't really necessarily think uh, a backup point guard like he's projected to be, um, at the very worst, I think he should be at the very worst, you know, throughout his career, be a, a backup point guard, be, you know, 15, 20-minute guy, game guy. I think at the very worst, um, he should be able to, you know, hit, uh, hit that three at a decent level. Um, but you don't even really need to you know, we see Ish. Ish has uh, been a pretty solid point guard um, for the last couple of years, and Ish doesn't really have a three-point shot. I mean, 
comes and goes, but it's not great. Um, so, you know, Bruce just needs to find out what he's good at. And I think this summer is going to be big for him. Um, just kind of see if he can play with, you know, get that third, uh, Third, uh, that third string point guard spot um, or even kind of beat out Smith, which I doubt that'll happen in year one, but um, he, he does bring more, de you know, defensive uh, ability to the table and uh, he's a lot younger and a lot more potential. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's a fearless guy. I, I like that about him. He's probably going to become a fan favorite. Um, it might take a year because he might not play this year, but I think once people, you know, once he starts playing in year two, uh, I would assume a lot of fans are going to really love him, um, you know, because he's fearless. Uh, he, as I wrote, and other people have written it too, um, he kind of reminds people of R Russell Westbrook a little bit, um, you know, in the way that he's just kind of plays the game, at, you know, 100 miles an hour. Um, he's very athletic. He's almost a freak athlete. And, uh, you know, he's got a long way to go in terms of shooting. I mean, Westbrook's a kind of uh, developed into a pretty nice shooter um, for the most part, but Bruce is uh, a long way, long way from that. But um, yeah, he, he definitely is a, uh, a player that has a high ceiling. Um, and uh, being that he's what, six, four, six, five long arms, um, you know, Perfect point guard size, and this today's NBA perfect point guard size. And I think uh, you mentioned before last that you know it's a good point that um, Coach Casey loves to play those three guards, three guard lineups. Excuse me. And uh, you know Brown, if he does work himself and you know does good in practice and you know is on the coach's good side, maybe he could be kind of in a three guard lineup with like a Canard and uh, Bullock, you know, I consider Bullock a shooting guard, but, you know, a Bullock, Canard, Brown lineup where Canard and Brown obviously handle the ball and you got a little defense, you got shooting there, a lot of shooting. And um, I don't know if I have Brown and Smith on the floor at the same time. I don't know if that's a good idea, <laughs> but uh, Reggie Jackson and Brown and a Canard or a Bullock, that would be an interesting three guard lineup. Um, Reggie could kind of play as a two guard. And even if you want to go Canard too, he can, depending on the matchups, he could potentially guard a small forward who's not much of an offensive player. So there, there's, and then, you, you know, you, you could do Blake at the small ball five, and then, you know, depending on if Lure's any good or if Allenton's in the lineup, you could have a really potent offensively uh, explosive, uh, you know, team out there. But So I know that uh, a lot of fans, when, when they did see him play in summer league, they were like really excited about, uh, about his potential because like you said, uh, he's such an amazing athlete, and uh, they love his his aggression. Uh, I'm I'm not a person who would compare him to Westbrook. I think I think of him more as kind of like a Marcus Smart type, uh, but not necessarily. Uh, he doesn't necessarily uh, flex his defensive muscles as as hard as, as Smart does. But uh, he has a very similar mindset, and there's a equally as many problems or not problems, but questions about him as a lead ball handler and a shooter. But uh, definitely a useful player who does like little things that impact a team. Uh, in a positive manner but I think the main questions uh, surrounding him being like a, a tertiary point guard or whatever is basically like if Reggie get, if Reggie Jackson gets hurt again and that elevates him into like a backup role or uh, if if that elevates him into a backup role like next to Calderon or uh, like overish Smith um, will he be like better or worse than like a Dwight Bikes was for the business last year because like Dwight was Dwight was okay 
and he was he was even like really good in spots like the Houston game, but uh, like on a night to night basis, like he wasn't the uh, the point guard uh, distribution like threat the the Pistons needed. Um, so do you think like do you think Brown has like a little bit more uh, potential than a Dwight Bikes uh, going forward? Oh yeah, a lot more. I mean, I even think this coming season he could be a better solution than Bikes. I mean, I know Bikes was a really solid mid range shooter and pretty decent three point shooter, um, but Brown, like you said, can do a lot more, bring a lot more to the table. Just defensive intensity, you would think. Um, you know, pushing the ball and looking for others. Bikes was thinking about Bikes, um, and. At times when he was out in the court, he needed needed to do that because the bench a lot of times wasn't any good. Um, so I don't fault Bikes for that. I mean, I think Bikes should be in the NBA. But, um, yeah, Brown just got a lot more size. Probably got three, three and a half inches on Bikes. Uh, definitely longer player. Um, give you defense, give you rebounding. Um, you know, can finish at the rim, get to the line. I'm, I'm not certain how... Uh, good brown is at the line when he was at miami in those two years but i'm sure he's not a bad free throw shooter but yeah he's he's, he's got a lot more potential even just starting on training camp day one he's i think he could uh if reggie got hurt or calderon got hurt uh anybody um ish any any of their point guards that are quote unquote ahead of brown they go down i think you know brown can uh hold down the you know, second point card position or even the third very easily. Um, so I was just going to say, I think it comes from a good program there at Miami. Um, and I think he had good coaching and, you know, he handled the ball a lot there. Um, and it seems like he was pretty confident and, and comfortable with, you know, with the ball. After, you know, that first summer league game, he didn't handle the ball a lot, if I remember correctly. But the, most of the other games, he was handling it quite a lot, um, bringing it all the way up the court, passing her off or looking for his own offense. Um, I think he'll be, I think he'll be a, NBA player for a long time. It's just kind of the question is, can his shooting develop to where he can be a threat from the three-point range? Um, if that number comes, that's okay. It's just going to limit his potential. He'll only be kind of a middle-of-the-road backup point guard, I think. But um, no, I'm, I'm glad. You know, for a number four, 42 pick, I think uh, he's a guy. He's the type of guy. It's very smart to draft because there's a lot, a lot of potential left in him and. Um, you know, he gets after it, and I know that's cliche, saying he gets after it and he's fearless and stuff, but, you know, it's true for him more than a lot of other guys, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is it is cliche, but if the cliches are uh, applied for a reason, right, because they're true and uh, because they're, they're commonalities across players, and so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's uh, it's informative for, for players who, like, you know, I didn't really watch him that much in Miami, so, like, knowing, having that comparison in mind, um, I think is I think is helpful, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you know, last but not least, there was Kyrie Thomas, who only played two games, I think, um, because of a hamstring injury. Uh, but uh, he looked pretty. He looked fine uh, as an as an NBA player. He knew uh, his role very well. He shot a lot of corner threes and uh, was did a good job of uh, on ball defense. Um, his shot looks like a little flat, though. Did you notice that too? To be honest, I. I didn't notice that, um, but you know, I will, you know, pay attention to that more, you know, in preseason and things like that, and maybe even clips from Creighton. I'll look at that. I mean, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you're correct in that assumption, and anybody else who who, who noticed that, um, 
yeah, those two games are kind of a blur. Um, I was very, yeah, as 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 you're saying, and I'm sure a lot of other Pistons fans are excited to see him play. I mean, he's kind of um, perhaps most NBA ready out of the draft picks. Um, I guess there's only him and Brown to compare, but um, yeah, he's he's a he's a he's an interesting prospect, and uh, um, you know, a lot of people thought he'd be in the late twenties or mid twenties in the first round, and you know, we got him in the second. So, and and they invested, you know, two future second round picks in order to move up and get this guy. So, I like. I think a lot of people were hoping to get a more uh, in depth look at him. Uh, and the, the unfortunate injury happened. Yeah, and uh, this just he'll be in the. I mean, if anybody's loving near Grand Rapids or, you know, is willing to make a couple hour drive there, I think it'll be interesting to see a couple Grand Rapids games this year. He's going to be playing a lot there. I don't think there's really any room for him up in the big club. <laughs> um. I could be wrong about that, though. There's, you know, I, I think Dwayne Casey will give everybody a chance to prove themselves in training camp and early portion of the year. But, um, you know, Kyrie's still, uh, he's got a lot a lot to learn, but uh, he's got the tools to be a very solid NBA player for, you know, 8, 10, 12 years, I think. Um, it'll be interesting. At least we have some prospects, uh, some guard prospects that are, besides Kennard, that are, that are, that are young and intriguing. They're multifaceted, you know, there's multi skills. Yeah. I was going to ask you about, uh, about Grand Rapids, about the G league. The Pistons are pretty well stacked at, at shooting guard. Um, and they've got Kennard, Galloway, uh, Bullock, uh, all in front of Kyrie Thomas. And if you consider Bruce Brown, a shooting guard as well, um, he'd be in that mix. Um, you know, at point guard, they've got three point guards ahead of him. So, uh, I'm thinking that we might, both of those guys might see a lot of time in in Grand Rapids and I think that'll be that'll be good for their uh development but uh so I was going to ask do you think like the the level of competition in the G League will be uh will be like useful for for honing their skills and um for getting them to a place where uh they'll be better NBA players when called upon yeah I definitely think uh the G League will be a great place for them to their hone hone their skills um as you know there's a lot of uh you know, four uh, A. I think you said earlier, four A NBA players playing in the G League, and of course, there's many more in Europe. But you know, a lot of them want to stay stateside to kind of have the, easy that, that call up, so they can, you know, NBA team wants to sign them for a ten day or whatever. They'll, they're right there, and they can be called on easily. Um, so yeah, there's every team probably has two or three guys that are, depending on the situation, are, are legit NBA players on the back end of a bench. Um, so yeah, I mean, most of those guys, let's be honest, are guards or small forwards so yeah Kyrie and Brown will be going up against those guys uh, pretty much every game um, I think as the NBA builds up the G League more there's going to be more and more talent that stays stateside and plays in the G League and of course it would be great if they could up the salaries a little bit for those guys but um, you know you can make a lot more money in Europe and Russia and other some other places but China but um, yeah yeah the G League will be great um, I think there's Pretty good crowd uh, um, support down uh, over there, I should say. Um, so they'll, you know, they'll get a nice environment and they'll not a lot of pressure, and they can um, they'll be taking a lot of shots. <laughs> those, those two guys, if you know, if they play a lot of games down there, they'll be the number one and number two options. Um, that'll be good for them to kind of be the alpha dogs down there. And it's, you know, it's a shame that Galloway's waste kind of. I mean, nothing against Lang- Langston, but kind of a player that. Uh, 
doesn't really need to be on the roster. That was a big, that was a big, uh, in my opinion, it was a big mistake by Van Gundy, but, you know, 2020, I'd say 2020, but um, it'd be great if that spot was open and then you could give that, you know, that fourth or third or fourth guard off the bench spot to a Thomas or a Brown right off the bat and have them be on the roster, the, 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 the you know, the 12, act, 12 or 13 active players every game to be, you know, to do that already, but they're going to have to buy their time. And, um, you know, I'm sure they both seem like professional guys. They'll work their butts off and um, we'll see what what happens this year. One of them might end up playing a lot of minutes. Um, the, you know, unfortunately that might happen only if there's a lot of injuries or the team just is really bad, but um, hopefully none of those happen. But, um, you know, being the last 10 or 11 years being a Pistons fan, I wouldn't expect uh I don't really know. I really don't know what to expect at this point. It, you know, we could be a, sec, a two seed, or we could, you know, be a twelve seed. Um, you know, this this franchise is kind of who knows at this point, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, and injuries are definitely something that this Pistons team, uh, under Stan Van Gundy, had difficulty uh, dealing with in the past, especially to like Reggie Jackson. And uh, you run into a scenario like as this team is currently constructed, we talked about a little earlier where if if a Blake Griffin gets hurt or if a Reggie Jackson gets hurt or you know god forbid both those guys are hurt at the same time um you're you're looking at like John Luer and Henry Ellenson playing for 48 minutes at, at power forward and like I, I and you, you don't know how well or not well that's going to go uh in in a conference that it looks like it's going to be a, a dogfight from the like from the 5th spot to like the the 10th spot so uh, having, I think having a lot of flexibility with up and down the lineup, I think having the uh, ability to call on guys like Brown and Thomas will, will be useful, but um, it's only like mostly in case of an injury, which, you know, hopefully doesn't happen uh, in all things considered. So uh, last thing is uh, I know you, you are a little bit more familiar with uh, some of the other players, the non-draftees on the uh, on the Pistons summer league team, uh, was there anyone that that kind of stood out to you? Um, I know uh, Reggie Hearn was a guy who was on a two-way for the Pistons last year, and he was on the summer league team. Um, Zach Lofton was a guy that kind of his athleticism stood out a little bit to me. Was there anybody else that kind of uh, that popped for you on the summer league team? Yeah, the, um, Johnny Hamilton. Um, I believe he's out of Texas Arlington. He played with. Um... I believe it was Kevin Hervey at Texas Arlington. They both graduated, and uh, as, as most of you, most of our listeners probably know, that there's a lot of Detroit Bad Boys commenters that they kind of liked Hervey. Um, he ended up getting, I think, drafted the uh, 50s or something from OKC, I believe. Um, so yeah, Hamilton kind of uh, was the Robin to Hervey's um, Batman. Um, Hamilton didn't play much the first, what, three or four games. He played a couple minutes, one game, and a lot of DNPs. Um, but I don't know. I didn't really hear anything about he was injured or he just wasn't catching on or just guys beat him out. Um, but the last two games he played a lot of minutes. I think he played half the game, both games, and he was you know, all around the ball at all times. He runs the floor really nicely. Um, you know, I watched a couple um, – I watched, this is how nerdy I am, I watched about 20 minutes of one of his games at Texas Arlington, and um, I think he scored 18, 20 points that game, had four blocks and 10 rebounds, and to me, he looked like a NBA caliber guy, you know, I'm not necessarily saying like a backup center, but a guy who should be on the roster and maybe can develop, 
um, to be kind of like a better version of Eric Moreland, potentially. He's a little more offensively gifted, I think, than Moreland. I know that's not saying much because Moreland's not an offensive guy. But, um, but yeah, Johnny Hamilton stuck out. Um, uh, I think he earned a training camp invite from – I'm sure there's other teams that are that are considering him for a training camp invite. I don't know when that all that will come out and probably in the next month or two. But um, he's a legit seven-footer. Um, and he's already 24, which is a little old, but, um, you know, he, he proved the, in that limited summer league action that he can do some things. Um, I think the one game he had 12 or 13 rebounds in like 18 minutes. Um, he just looks the part of a kind of a developmental project. Um, and, uh, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to go too much off here, but the, the first four or five, uh, summer league games, the, the Pistons started, uh, I forget his first name, but Egu was uh, the guy's name. He played at Illinois um, for three or four years. Um, I, I don't really know what they see in him just because he's not very mobile. Um, he didn't do much at Illinois. Uh, he's not any kind of offensive player. Um, so I don't know why he was kind of getting all those minutes the first three or four games. I think the last two or three games, they didn't really play him as much, and they went more with Eric Griffin and, and Hamilton. Um, but, um, yeah, so that last guy I want to mention is Eric Griffin. Um, you know, he's... Uh, He's been kind of around the NBA for the last like three or four years. He's never played in an actual regular season game, but he was on a two-way contract with Utah last year. Um, he has some really great highlights on YouTube of him dunking, dunking over players. And, I mean, just watching five minutes of a Pistons Summer League game this summer, you can tell that he has a lot of athleticism and he plays the game very passionately and very wild, wildly. So he picked up a lot of fouls and silly things. But um, you can see where there's a reason why a team like Utah – you know, signed him a couple for a couple months on a two-way, and then they eventually got rid of him and signed Eric McCree. And I don't know how that's working out for him, but um, Griffin is six eight, six nine. He's kind of a, you know, doesn't really do anything really well, but he doesn't. He does a lot of things fairly well. Um, and uh, I don't know if the Pistons really see. I don't really. He might might have one spot open. I'm not sure, but um, I don't know if he's really right type of guy he's already 28 i think if they wanted to go with a guy who they bring the training camp and hopefully make the team they would go with hamilton just because he's a center um he could potentially you know learn some stuff from zaza and then of course you know drummond's the guy who's going to play 35 minutes a game but um hamilton could be a developmental prospect and maybe move into a backup center role in a year or something but i don't know i think most people like you said lofton stuck out to a lot of people he's you know he's a shoot first, shoot second, shoot third kind of guy. Decent size, six, I think six four. Um, you know, if he, uh, I think he's a good guy to hopefully sign to Grand Rapids and see if he can become more of a point guard and maybe he can compete in another year with, uh, you know, Evans or somebody for a roster spot. But the thing, bad thing about Lofton is he's already 26. I don't know, he's 25. He's going to be 26 pretty soon. Um, he's kind of hitting his stride now, but, you know, like, He's already mid twenties. Um, how you know he might be able to latch on, but I don't know. As we've been saying, there's so many young guards in the Pistons and that are in their early twenties, and he's already 25. So I'm not sure if that'll work out. But I think he he had a couple of games. I think he earned a spot in training camp. Um, he's I think his senior year at New Mexico State, he was a 22 points per game score. I mean, you know, he uh, he's very flashy and he can sh score from all over the court. Um, great, great range, um, fairly athletic. So I don't know. I think the Pistons did a good job of kind of 
getting some diamonds in, in the rough and putting them on the roster and hopefully they can keep a couple of them in Grand Rapids and see if any, you know, maybe one of them can kind of get to the point where they, they want to sign them and can latch on to, to the team as a end of the bench guy. But, um, you know, I think Hamilton's probably the one that would be most intriguing to me. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if, I think that about covers it for, for, for those guys. It was basically Lofton, Griffin, and Hamilton. Um, other guys that played didn't, you know. Uh, Larry Drew, I mean, I know he's like 27, 28. He's been around. He's played for the Sixers a couple of years, played in some games. He played pretty good before he got hurt. Um, but, you know, we signed, uh, Pistons signed Calderon, and we have Evans and all all, all 15 other rookies that we, we have. So there's not really any room for um, Drew, but he looks like he's kind of like, as you said before, kind of a 4A player. Um, just good enough to kind of make a roster, but teams can easily discard him because he doesn't really do anything that well, but he's got NBA athleticism and it's been around the league for a while now. So I don't know. Did anybody else stick out to you or was anybody especially awful? That <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I want to echo your Hamilton sentiment. Uh, Hamilton was a guy that uh, I think he stuck out. He stuck out more because, as you mentioned, the kid from Illinois uh, was not very good, and it was it was really apparent how not good he was fairly early on. So just having a guy uh, be be better than him and be more uh, comfortable, I guess, like standing in the dunker spot and like having uh, being a, a more physical roller. I think that uh, that made a that made a world of difference for them when when he was on the floor, and so I guess just that disparity uh, made him stick out. Um, I liked I liked uh, Zach Lofton, like I mentioned, um, but I the, you are right in saying like the Pistons don't really need another shooting guard, and uh, he's already kind of hitting his his athletic prime, and so I don't know if uh, if he'll find a way to like make it onto the team. But you know he he would be I think a good depth piece depth piece in in grand rapids and then um i was not as enamored with uh, eric griffin as a lot of other people were um to me he he looked just like he was very physical but i didn't really see him do much else um and i would prefer a little bit more skill out of my uh power forwards i think that's the kind of the direction the league is trending and so uh there's not really room for like an undersized uh like super physical um big man who can't shoot like a, the the league is not becoming like a very uh hospitable place to like a kenneth reed type and like he's like a worse version of kenneth reed and so uh so i, I wasn't as enamored as ha- of him but uh he, like that i didn't not to say he's like a bad person or anything just that uh, i didn't love this game and uh i wanted i wanted to i wanted reggie hearn to succeed more i wanted him to shoot a little bit better but um because he has good size and like allegedly a good stroke but um, his shot still takes a while to to get off, and it didn't go in as much as I would like to see, and so like that was a little disappointing. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think again he'll be like a good two way player, and uh, him and Evans will will form like a really good um, depth. They'll be good uh, two way pieces like for for the Pistons. And so, do you think that the Pistons will retain Hearn for the the for the second two way, or do you think they'll move on? What do you think? Uh, I think I think they will retain Hearn for the second two way. I'm not 100 uh, percent sure on that. Obviously, I have no inside sources or anything. But um, I think that uh, a team that is as uh, as shallow on the wing as this team is, like there's really only Stanley Johnson and Glenn Robinson the third 
as as true quote unquote shooting uh small forwards like on the roster so i think a guy with her in size and uh alleged shooting ability is like definitely a guy that like should earn like one of those two two-way spots yeah you know yeah i think the end towards the end of the summer league the last two games he, he uh, hearn was shot the ball pretty nicely um i know he struggled the first couple of games he was just couldn't buy a basket but um yeah, he definitely, and allegedly, he's a good shooter. He is a good shooter. Um, you know, even in, in the G League, he's really good numbers. He's low 40s, and he doesn't shoot a ton, but he's kind of like a Bullock-like type guy. He doesn't make any turnovers. He just shoots it when he's open, and he spreads the floor a little bit, and he competes on defense. Thing is, though, on, on the wing, he's, he's he's about 6'4", 6'5", tops. I, I don't know. It's kind of just prototypical uh, shooting guard uh, size. So I know... You know, we have Kennard and Bullock and um, a couple of the rookies that might fit in the shooting guard. I don't know if Hearn, and Hearn's already 26, I believe, 25, 26. I just don't think he can get a lot better. Um, I like the guy. I'm glad he's gotten some NBA minutes and has a basket to his name, so I can't take that away from him. Um, another team might like him as a end-of-the-bench guy. Definitely think, you know, he's a, he's a savvy player, and he's, uh, yeah, like you said, he is not very, uh, well, He's not much of a, you know, his shot kind of takes a while. He's just kind of not a very long player. He's just kind of a compact guy. Um, he's got to really have a lot of space to get a shot up. Um, you know, he's not, he doesn't really, he did make one nice dribble drive. I, I, I was like, my jaw dropped. So I think the second to last game, he he took someone off the dribble and finished at the rim really nicely. I think it took everybody by surprise. Um, but I don't think he can do that at the NBA level. Um you know, so he'd just be, be basically a 3 and D guy, which there's room for him in the league. But on, on this roster, there's I don't I don't think there's any room. Um, but yeah, we'll see if they retain him for another two way and think he's maybe they think he has a little more potential um, than what I see. But I would rather them do a Hamilton or there's a lot of other players. I mean, there's a guy, for example, the Wizards won't let him go, but I think his name's Devin, uh, Devin Robinson. I think he had a, he, he was on a two way last year and he's much younger than her and he's like 21, 22, but, um, he, in summer league, he was balling out. He, uh, was hitting threes at a nice clip. He was dunking over. He had some of the nicest dunks I've ever seen in, in any, any basketball league. He, he dunked, had some unbelievable dunks in summer league. Um, very athletic guy. Um, they'll probably be signing him to a regular contract soon if they haven't already. But you know, guys like those that are kind of younger and have a little more potential to them, I think Pistons should kind of try to sign one of those guys. It doesn't matter if it's a forward or a guard, just a guy who has some talent that maybe in a year or two that can kind of, you know, replace a Galloway on the roster or beat out a fringe player, some some other fringe player. So. Um, I think if it was up to me, I would say bye to Hearn, but um, but we'll see. Well, and it's it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see Evans because uh, read a lot of good things about him, and I saw him play a couple times at Texas, and you know I, I definitely can see why he the Warriors liked him, and and initially they wanted him to play on their summer league, and they actually signed him to, for him to play on their summer league, but then what it was seven hours later the Pistons said no, we want him for two way, and he agreed, so. Um, Evans is a, a fun player to think about because you know he might even be a better player than a Thomas or a Brown ends up. So I think the Pistons did a great job. Uh, are very underrated and quiet, but they did a good job collecting talent this off season, young talent for the most part. And uh, 
you know, it's, it's nice to be away from Stan Van Gundy. Um, and so it just gives a new perspective that, you know, I've kind of been the last year a little bit negative on the team. I think a lot of people have, but now I kind of have a little more open mind and thinking, okay, maybe, you know, this team can be headed somewhere um, better than just like a seventh or eighth seed for the next two or three years. Maybe they can be a third or fourth seed. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, the Pacers are got better and they're young for the most part. And then you got Sixers and Celtics and Raptors for at least this year. It'll be probably pretty good. So it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be a dogfight. And still have the Greek Freak in Milwaukee. Um, it's going to be tough to get a top five. But I think the Pistons have some depth now. Um, we'll see. So, Ryan, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your your expertise and uh, your ability to uh, go through some of these players with me. Um, do you, you uh, what's the best place for, for people to kind of uh, get more of your insights about, about college guys? Uh, is it on Twitter? Uh, is it on DBB? Like what, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, I don't really, I mean, my Twitter is just kind of a silly thing. Um, yeah, they can, you know, if any listeners out there use Twitter or whatever, they can, I don't even know what my handle is. Um, gosh, it's embarrassing. I think it's uh, no, nah, screw it. I don't need any more Twitter followers. Um, but yeah, people probably know me in Detroit Bad Boys is Prava eighty eight or just Prava. So, um, just yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'm in the comments here and there. Um, sometimes I just uh, make stuff up to see what people gets people riled up. So I'm sure people have uh, realized that by now. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, college basketball. Um, I love college basketball even more than NBA, and I love NBA. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably continue throughout the NBA season to kind of occasionally, um, do some articles like I did last year and the year before about college prospects. And, you know, some of our, some of our readers really like that. And I know others don't really care for it, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I look forward to those as someone who uh, does not get to watch a lot, a lot of college basketball, um, and, and, uh, every year I find myself kind of playing catch up with, uh, with guys in the draft. And so like having articles like yours are, are very useful to me. So like, I appreciate those. So thank you. Yeah. And there's, uh, I think Scott Florida or I forget his username, Scott FL, I think, um, I'm assuming he's from Florida or he lives in Florida. He, I think he, and there's a couple other, uh, guys who on the, the other posts, I forget what they're called now. Or the fan posts. Fan posts, yeah. Thanks, I'm struggling here. Um, the fan posts, yeah. They sometimes they list their prospects and talk about them, and I learn a lot from those guys too. They're, um, they might even watch more college ball than me. So it's yeah, we got a decent group of uh, a dozen or so uh, constant DBBers who are also like the college game. Um, there's just so many teams that kind of like to, you know, especially the Big Ten, being being that I'm a Big Ten guy. Michigan alum that I like to kind of follow the Big Ten teams and then pick and choose other teams and kind of see how those guys develop over their college careers and then hopefully they get drafted to the NBA and then I like to see see how they develop. It's kind of a fun thing for me to kind of play the long game, um, but I know the college game the, is not can at times be very not fun to watch and I agree with that. But um, I can look past the crappy shooting and the the, the slowdown games and I can just focus on it one or two talented players that I know can have pro potential that I can, I can kind of ignore the, the, the crappy uh, coaching and that you see a lot at the college game. So.
yeah that's that's definitely that and like the 30 second shot clock are definitely things that keep me away from the college game so i uh yeah i appreciate your perseverance in that manner um if people want to talk basketball with me the best way to do so is on twitter at last chance that's at l-a-z-c-h-a-n-c-e uh this has been the detroit bat boys podcast and uh we will see you guys sometime in the future with uh with the off season coming to i think a relative slowdown and close um i think we'll we'll have some maybe less piston specific topics in the future and then we'll start doing season previews again when everything gens up but um yeah just keep it just keep your uh, podcast feed refreshed and looking for us when uh, whenever we come out thanks for listening everyone see you guys later Thank you.